1: I can't remember what I was supposed to say.
0: Has <laughs> a reoccurring role on HBO Ballers.
1: Mark Slareth, handsome son, bitch, get out here.
0: And makes one hell of a bowl of green
1: chili. It's Mark Slareth, and this is the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Hey, welcome in. Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Mark Slareth, along with Mike Evans, Scott the Huff, the producer. We've got to thank our presenting sponsor, the great people over at Core Water. I'm telling you what, Cool Water. Love it. <laughs> always at the gym with core water. You got to hydrate with core. That's the way it goes. Big blue cap, giant suck hole. Get all that water in your gullet. Um I'm telling you what, and crisp, clean, award-winning taste. uh Perfectly matching your body's pH balance, the natural balance of 7.4. I'm telling you what, this is great water. You can find it anywhere water is sold, especially 7-Eleven. That's core water. Check them out online, hydratewithcore.com. Mike, how are you, buddy? Well... Be honest with you. Uh, I'm looking at my hand right now. Yeah.
0: And I realize I don't really have big hands. No? No. Like and it this combine stuff, that I gotta I gotta be honest. Whenever they start talking about, you know, hand measurements, like they were talking about Kyler Murray's hand measurement the other day and it was like nine and a quarter, nine and a half, whatever it was, and I just I, you know they make such a big deal about it, and then I'm forced to look at my own hand and realize I just don't have big hands. So if they're making a big deal about it, what does that say about me and my small
1: hands? Well, it says that that you're not going to play in the National Football League anytime soon. Oh,
0: I, is, it, is that all it says? Yeah. Oh, Okay, then I'm okay with that.
1: Then you're okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> just, I just found it. I found it hilarious. Okay, <laughs> so you, Kyler Murray, there was like this big, like these big. Kind of, uh, you know, oh, my goodness, he's going to measure today. You know, and all the scouts are out there and they're all just gathered around the little scale and the measurement thing. And they're all just giddy with excitement to watch a dude stand there in his underpants and get measured. And, you know, it's it's a it's kind of a fascinating like how how many crazy people like put weight and it was like how how they weigh that because it was like, is he going to be over 510? Like, ooh. And he was 510 and like a tenth or whatever, right? And they didn't put him at five. They didn't go 510.1. They were like five ten point one two five six four eight. You know, it was like down to the, the. I mean, it was ridiculous. And then it's all of a sudden like, oh, that's a good sign. Okay, because if he was 5'9 and 5'8", or 5'9 and 3 quarters, or 5'9 and 7 eighths, ooh, <laughs> not quite 5'10". <five laughs> right. This is a problem. And so then, then they come out with a hand measurement, and I found this interesting, the reported hand measurement. I think Baker Mayfield was 9 and a quarter, and he came out and, and was he was 9 and 4 eighths is what they listed him in. And I'm like, 9 and 4 eighths? I mean, listen, I haven't helped my kids with their homework in quite some times, and I'd be the guy that would help my kids with their homework and then send them back to school and they come back with a D on it. Like, (laughs) hey, dumbass. Like, you got me a D on this paper. What? Thanks, Dad. (laughs) I'm like, D's for diploma, you little little shit-stirrer. So... So anyhow I'm like I am not the greatest fraction guy, but I think four eight slowest common denominator, move the one, carry the two. Uh, isn't that nine and a half? Isn't that yeah, the same thing? Yeah,
0: a- yeah, yeah. But four yeah. eight sounds bigger.
1: Does four eight sound does a half sound bigger or four eight sound four bigger? Four
0: eight sounds bigger. I mean if they really wanted to make an impression, they could have said his uh, size was nine and sixteen thirty seconds. Ooh. That's is huge.
1: It's still nine and a half, All right? Nine and sixteen thirty seconds is huge. You guys got giant hands. Giant hands. Look at that sixteen thirty seconds. Holy smokes! We've never seen one this big. You know, I was tweeting back and forth with Kyle Long this morning. Um, you know, defensive end, first round draft choice, and. You know, we're joking about the vertical, and he said, "Hey, don't forget that." You know, one one day I had a a thirty four inch vertical when I came out of college, and I was like, "Yeah," and that was the last vertical you ever you ever jumped. And he's like, "Yep, it was." I mean, he's like, like it. it that thankfully, you know, he's he's good at playing football, so he gets to continue to play football all this time. And I just I just found that people get giddy about five ten. About nine and four eights. People get giddy about that. But it wasn't. Like I, but it wasn't the
0: five. But it was. It was the two o seven. That it was the weight that was the bigger issue. Oh I mean, because because even when he was, we were all thinking five nine. There was still every mock draft I saw had him at least still going in the first round. But it was the weight at two o seven that all of a sudden said, "Oh, okay, now he's in play for number one overall."
1: Right? We and, and how crazy is that? Like. Like, so we used to play this game when I was Was a member of the Denver Broncos, sometimes on Fridays. You know, Fridays are, you know, when we were winning back-to-back championships, we called them hat days. So if you won on Sunday, the following Friday, you didn't have to put on your helmet. You'd You'd go out in a baseball cap. Hat days. And we used to, like, we'd be fighting in the huddle. Like, hey, man, let's go get this freaking touchdown and get a hat day. Like, it was a motivating factor, right? Don't have to put on the helmet. Just get to go great. It straight hat day, hat day, hat day. And so I used to dick around. Tommy Nail and I would dick around. We both of us were about 285 pounds. You know, that was kind of our weight, right? And so we used to dick around like, okay, who can gain the most water or most weight during during hat day, during practice? So we would weigh in. Stand there in our cleats and, and you know, the whole the whole get up, you know, the cleats, the shorts, you know, the, the, the jersey. And we would weigh in and we'd get an official weigh in right before we walked out to practice. And then during the course of practice, we would just be pounding water. <laughs> we drink so much freaking water. And, like, by the end of practice, hour and 20, hour and 30 minutes, like, you're about ready to piss your pants. Like, I've drank so much damn water. And we would see who could gain the most weight during the course of, of that Friday practice. And so we come sprinting in after you know, we broke it down after the practice was over, we go sprinting in and then tally our official weight to see exactly where we were. And um and you'd, you'd like we would gain like eight or nine pounds in practice. I mean that that's how much weight Jeez. we would gain. In an hour and a half? Yeah. Eight or nine a gallon of water weighs eight pounds. So think about it, you drink a gallon of water, um and it wasn't like we were working really hard on a Friday. I mean, it wasn't like I was sweating it all off, you know? So we gained eight, nine pounds during the course of a Friday practice. So, you know, 207 and people are like, oh, now he's a first rounder. That's, you know, most of the time it's not sustainable weight. Every guy, you know, can, I always, I always love the, the, the report that he's put on, he's packed on 10 pounds of pure muscle. Like, give me a, stop it. And yeah, nobody just packs well, on th- ten pounds. Look, to the
0: combine. Mouth. What do we know about the combine? As the combine has evolved over the years, here's what we know: the guys that go to the combine, they spend weeks prior training in the particular events that they're going to be taking part in at mm-hmm. the combine. They also get coached up on how to answer the likely questions that they're going to be facing. So it's all like you know, it's like taking your 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 pre SAT test, your SAT uh, practice test. You know, it's all getting you ready to take this. So if you're going to the Combine, you're Kyler Murray, and you know you're going to be weighed, and everyone's going to be paying Mm -hmm. a close attention to your weight, what are you going to do for a couple weeks before you go to the Combine? Eat your ass off. Right. All right? And you're going to get your weight up. It's like those wrestlers. Like I I have the, the most mad respect for wrestlers, high school wrestlers. We used to, in high school, we were at, we had an old school gym. So our basketball practices would be on the basketball court and we had a stage, you know, where they used to, you know, hold plays and stuff. And the wrestling team would work out up on that stage. And I would peek around this curtain every once in a while during our right. basketball practices and I would look at these lunatics, the wrestlers, and I'd be like, "Oh my god, these guys work like they're animals how they yeah. work and the way that they would cut weight to to make weight." And then as soon as they made weight, They'd go out and gorge, and they'd be like eight pounds heavier when they, they, they wrestled.
1: So, I mean, isn't that just what Kyler Murray's yeah. doing here? Uh, there's, there's no question about it. I was a high school wrestler, so I witnessed it firsthand. I, I wrestled with two identical twins, Larry and Barry Sifke. Larry and Barry Sifke would get into, we, we had this little kind of training room, and it had a shower in it, and it was just a small box of a room. And they get in their rubber suits, turn on the shower, hot water, steaming hot water, and make it a steam room. They'd make this thing a steam room in their sauna suits. they sit there and sweat to make weight. And both of those guys could throw up on command without putting their finger down their throat. So there'd be a trash can in the middle of this sauna suit sweat room. And they'd just be puking in a trash can without even, like, they could, they could puke on command. And, and that's how they would make weight. And as soon as they made the weight, then they, you know, you'd go right over to the cafeteria or whatever. And you'd, like you said, you'd gorge yourself, you'd be eight pounds heavier again. And like, they, they made a living. That's, that's how they, that's how they did it. I mean, it, it was gross. And, you know, since that time, there's been a bunch of rules put in place on, you know, on all that stuff. But, um, and that's how we used Same to do concept, it. Same concept, though. Yeah, yeah. That's how we used to do it in the back in the '80s. So yeah, you can put on, you can it's, it like it's not usually sustainable weight. So he's two oh seven. He'll probably, you know, he'll probably play right around, you know, two hundred one ninety nine, whatever it is. I mean, that's it. Again, I just find it fascinating that you know these the the evaluators just want to check boxes, right? He's like, Oh, we got the, uh, we got the box now. If he can't play, he's 207. So that means he can play. So if he doesn't play well, that's your fault. You didn't coach him up. It's just, it's the whole thing is, is ludicrous. It's funny, but, um, but good for, you know, good for Kyler Murray. He's over 510. He's got nine and four eights hands and, uh, he's 207. (laughs) He's a Hall of Famer.
0: So would you draft him? Would I draft? Would you draft him? You're a quarterback needy team. Would you draft him? Where, Where would you draft him?
1: What you know? I think based upon what you saw, and a lot of this goes back to because I was like anti Baker Mayfield. I'm like, uh ah, you know, the short, and I I'm going to rely on guys that that fill a role, and you know, the all the guys who win Super Bowl championships are all six foot five. You know, they're all prototypical NFL quarterbacks. So I was anti Baker Mayfield. I was anti the system he comes out of. And it, it turns out based on his first year in the pros, I was wrong. Like he was really good and, and I got a call a Cleveland game and I, and I was thoroughly impressed with his watching him fr- Friday practice, the way he leads his football team, the kind of, um, the, just the kind of, uh, clout he has within that locker room. I, I just was like, well, you know what? You got me. Um, I was a skeptic and, and, you know, he proved me wrong. So, with Kyler Murray, what he did in college, the way he played last year, the accuracy with which he threw, although you know, talking to other guys, not quite as accurate as Baker Mayfield, but very good. Um, I'm I'm less and less inclined to believe that you have to have the prototypical size. Mm. Hey, um, talk- oh, I, I'd like it. I'd like it. So would I draft him? Yeah, I think I think if I was a quarterback hungry team, you know, knowing what I know now and I mean, I'd like to meet with a kid. I'd like to talk to sure. the kid. I haven't done any of that stuff. So. But, but based on his film, um, yes, I think I would.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Hey, speaking of clout in the room, how much better did the Cowboys locker room get with the return of Jason Witten? I mean, oh, you, want, you want to talk yeah. about a, a, a you know, guy who you know has it when it, when it comes to commanding a room you well uh, commanding that, a locker room right yeah. not commanding a broadcast booth
1: right well yeah the room and a booth are two different <laughs> things um yeah you know what I, I think it's i think it's a great move i mean i think it, one um you know i know the cowboys reached out to him last year during the season so here's a guy that is a cowboy for life uh probably you know will be on that coaching staff at some point who knows maybe he'll be a head coach um You know, and and understand how how difficult the broadcast booth is. As you know, I reached out to Jason during the the course of the season and said, hey, listen, man, you you keep your head up. People are bashing him. Um, Like I I said, the thing about a good analyst is you teach me something about the game, and and he does teach you something about the game. Uh, Unfortunately, it just wasn't articulated as well as he'd like it to be. Um, But good for him for recognizing, hey, listen, man, maybe maybe this isn't, you know, kind of, My forte, and I still have this opportunity to be a part of something special in Dallas. They're going to get Travis Frederick back, uh, I, I believe that offensive line should be great. They have Zeke Elliott. Dick, Dak Prescott really needs that security blanket. So that'd be, you know, that would be tremendous for him. So I, I just think there's a lot of positives here. Um, and you're right, you know, as far as being a, um, as far as just being a stalwart in that locker room, doing it the right way, there is nobody that has a bad thing to say about Jason Witten when it comes to work ethic and the things that he does. So I think those are really important aspects. That All that being said, um, they don't have a lot of playoff history or a lot of playoff wins with Jason Witten on the team either. So, you know, I mean, be careful about your – your expectations of all of a sudden the Dallas Cowboys winning a world championship. I will say this though, Jason Witten. like I said, Travis Frederick coming back, you know, some of the weapons they have on their team, the trade they made for Amari Cooper, the young, the, the young linebacking core, uh, the presence off the defensive end, um, you know, and I think DeMarcus Lawrence, isn't he a free agent? So uh, I, I think it's imperative that they get him signed or will they franchise tag him? I'm not 100% sure. But I think they've got the makings of a really good football team, a really young, good football team. And I think to me, um, I, I would probably put them a, a slight tick above the Philadelphia Eagles for the favorite in the NFC East.
0: All right. And uh, can I get can I take this this moment right here this opportunity right here to say uh, hey ESPN anybody from ESPN listening uh, you could do a lot worse than reaching out to my man Stink here oh uh, yeah for the Monday night booth
1: well I appreciate that man it'd be it would you know I mean that's that's very kind of you I you know I think the likelihood of any of that happening is probably um, slim but um, you know it's much slimmer than me right now because I am fat. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I am chubby. Although, went to Mexican last night Uh and uh, did not eat one chip. Just ate a bowl of salsa with a spoon. You ate?
0: You ate? You you know what? Actually, that's not a bad idea. Because how many times have we all gone to a Mexican restaurant and been like, wow, this salsa is really good. Right. Right. Do you need – who's saying you have to put the salsa to huff on a chip? No. Put it in a spoon and just eat it. I don't think Mm you have to. I kind of want to try that. I want to try that now. Mm -hmm. I've never done that. I've always thought you just had to, you know, dip it in – dip something into it. But But now –
1: no no mm. there, it was um, like, you eat still it like get, soup or chili yeah that's exactly how I ate it and now mm. your lips get a little hot yeah yeah depending yeah. on the uh, the temperature of the salsa your lips get a little hot so you have to deal with that I drink a lot of water during the course of my salsa eating last night and then um this morning um let's just call it a lava flow <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, wow now that's an endorsement oh. right a little bit of a lava flow I tell oh, you right? good. a good oh, little thing? I used to work at a... That's nasty. I used to work at Chipotle, and what we used to do uh, for a good little salsa uh-huh. is you take a little bit of sour cream
1: and then add hot sauce to it, or salsa to it, and just mix it up. That's it's a, a good... G- hey, good story. No, Thanks I'm just telling... Hey, <laughs> yeah. That's you know, really, I'd, hey. rather,
0: I'd rather hear more about the lava flows. That's, that's why... Hey, I'm just that's giving why, a good
1: food can, tip, you dick. Can I, can I tell you something? That's why you're the producer. <laughs> Good story. Why don't you you go back in the corner? Good story, Scott. Wow, I can't wait to share that with my kids. (laughs)
0: Maybe just finish with one of your voices to try to rescue you. uh, Right. You know? You know, you know, it's a good story. Because the Huff by himself isn't that funny, but the Huff with his voices, you know. Right. Does anybody really want to hear just Frank Caliendo talk? No, right. No, they don't.
1: (laughs) I got this really good story for you guys. This one time I was working at Subway and you put meat between bread and it's a good sandwich. Lord have mercy oh you're a dick (laughs) Um, you know what
0: though you just ruined his weekend you uh know what though (laughs) you're gonna try it and you're gonna enjoy it and you're like man I was an asshole I was this is delicious let me
1: let let me tell you two things that aren't gonna happen one I'm not gonna try it the other one is I'm not gonna admit that I was wrong or that I was an asshole All right, those two things are not happening Uh, what a way to finish the week yeah for more Food tips. Tune in next week as Scott tells you about his time at Quiznos for everybody involved in the Sticky Truth podcast. Yeah, it was Chipotle, but who oh, yeah, it? Uh, he worked at Quiznos too. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh yeah, he's worked at Subway Quiznos. He was a fast food uh, magnet. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, for Scott, for Mike, for myself, and uh, for our presenting sponsor, all the fine folks over at Core Water. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back with you next week. The
0: Stinkin' Truth Podcast presented by Core Water. Subscribe to the Stinkin' Truth Podcast via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, and plenty of other podcast platforms.